0: I'd like to welcome everybody to SACPA. My name is Myrna Green, and I'll be moderating the session today and next week. And today, I'd like to uh, introduce the first of a two-part session on public and private education. Our speaker today is going to make the case for public education, first class, first choice. And our speaker is David King, Many of you will know he's the Executive Director of Public School Board Association in Alberta. And among his many considerable experiences, he has been Minister of Technology, Research, and Telecommunications under Premier Getty. He has been the Minister of Education under Premier Lougheed. And I could say much more about our speaker and his qualifications, but I would like to give him the time to talk. So would you please welcome David King.
1: I always thought that my best qualification uh, for being Minister of Education was that I started in grade one and grade two in Bowman School. And when my parents moved to Edmonton, I took with me a letter of commendation from Agnes Davidson. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know if it was Brains or the letter of recommendation that carried me on once I got to Edmonton. <clears throat> I would like to begin by uh, thanking you for the invitation to speak this afternoon. If memory serves me correctly, this is the fourth time that I've spoken to the council, although the last time was more than 15 years ago. There have certainly been some changes. Myrna asked if I would speak about public school education as a contribution to your ongoing dialogue about education in the community. Let me begin by saying uh, that I'm not here to compare public school education to any other system of education. I support choice, for parents and students. I'm not here to argue that other forms of schooling are bad, but I do want to make the argument that other forms of schooling simply don't serve the same broad public purpose that is served by public schools. I should also remind you before I start that I'm not an educator. I was never a teacher or an administrator. Uh, certainly to be minister of education doesn't give you any deep insights into what is going on in a grade one class. In that regard, my having raised sons and my being married to a grade one teacher who taught in school for 35 years, that's far more rewarding than to be minister of education. I'm here this afternoon as a student of politics of public school education. All of Alberta, including me, was surprised when Peter Lougheed asked me to become Minister of Education. Alberta was very surprised. I served for almost exactly seven years as Minister of Education, and in that time I grew to love what education is, and most important to love what it promises and I began to understand public school education in a way that I hadn't understood it before. In other words, I'm going to talk to you this afternoon about things that I wish I had known when I was Minister of Education, in spite of Ed's efforts to teach me at that time. Since 1979, consideration of this has led me to construct a somewhat different model of public school education than the one I commonly experience when I'm having a conversation with others. I begin by asking this question. What makes public school education unique, vital, and attractive to students, parents, and the community? And why is this so? Why is it that there is something in the nature of public school education that the community values. There are alternatives available, including separate schools, at least in some provinces, charter schools, private schooling, and homeschooling. And all of them apparently have something to offer, at least in Alberta, and I believe this is true of other jurisdictions as well, the government permits these other forms of schooling. It regulates them, and it funds them more or less. And all of these other forms have student, parent, teacher, and community supporters. In addition, all of them have advocates who are prepared to argue that they're a better choice than public school education. When people have choices, why should they choose the public school system other than convenience? What makes public school education unique, vital, and attractive? That's what I'd like to talk to you about. But before I talk about public school education, I want to make just one comment about all education. In my experience, all education, no matter how it's provided, is essentially about relationships. And it's essentially subjective. It might surprise you if you're inclined to think that education is about reading, writing, and arithmetic. But I would say no, that there's something deeper than that. Whether in China or in Alberta, no matter where we are, no matter what pedagogy we're following, what we really want to accomplish with students, with little kids, with 17-year-olds, is to teach them, to draw them into numerous, diverse strong, and healthy relationships, while at the same time giving them control and mastery in their relationships, teaching them how to start relationships, manage relationships, mend relationships, end relationships, and do this in a substantially conscious and self-controlled and creative way. What we want to do is to draw students into a relationship, with peers, the other little kids in the class, with elders, their teachers, the school secretary, the custodian, with ideas, with nature, with knowledge, with tools, with time, with virtues, and with attitudes. We want to draw them into relationships with all of those things that I have mentioned. If a student can have a wonderful relationship with math, if a student can learn how to master relationships with others, if a student could have a relationship with history, what more could we ask of our education system than that it teach children how to develop and engage in relationships? If the essential work of education is about relationships, then it's misleading and dangerous to focus on students without re- without reference to their relationships. If education is the story of helping kids to build healthy relationships, then we can't always treat the student as being dominant in or at the center of the relationship. If we told someone always that they were at the center of every relationship they had, would we be raising them to be healthy or would we be raising them to be egocentric and narcissistic basket cases? At this point, I think we begin to see into what makes public school education unique, vital, and attractive. First of all, it exists for the community as well as for the child. Thirty years from now, I want to know that the people who sit beside me in a service club the people who look after my retirement, the people who take care of my medical problems, I want to know not only that they have remembered the curriculum and the program of studies, but also that they are honest and compassionate and diligent in doing their work. In my experience, public school education is not public and certainly not unique because it is approved by, or regulated by, or funded by the government. It's unique, vital, and attractive for a different set of reasons. And they are these, I believe. The first is that unlike any other system of education, public school education is inclusive as a matter of conviction and design. Public schools don't accept students because the law says they have to. The law says what it says because the community expects a strong statement of support for the inclusive education of children. The first thing that needs to be said about public education is that it is inclusive as a matter of conviction and design. The second thing is that the reality of inclusion is based on respect for human dignity rather than qualifications. Public schools don't include on our terms. No child and no parent has to sign some form before they walk through the door of a public school. Every child is welcome, and we take the child the way the child is, the child does not come to school on our terms. We're not inclusive in the context of a caste system or a gender bias or a religious perspective. We're inclusive on the assumption that every person is intrinsically unique, invaluable, and equally capable of unbounded goodness or evil. In our community, inclusion is one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is diversity which is the basis of a community surviving and thriving. In the context of inclusion, public schools celebrate diversity. We don't merely tolerate it. We're not bringing kids into the school in order to make each one of them exactly like the other and in order to make each one of them just like us. We are inclusive and we celebrate diversity. We often think about inclusion, we often talk about inclusion in the context of education with reference to students. We should be equally mindful of the implication of this commitment to inclusion because it draws in all adults. The public school system is the one that is governed by a system of universal adult suffrage, Everyone in the community is part of the government of the public school system, whether they're married or not, whether they've got kids in school or not, whether they think they've got a direct relationship with education or not. The public school system is not only inclusive in the classroom, it is inclusive in that every single parent in the community has a responsibility for the well-being of the public school system. It's inclusive from the classroom, to the playground, to the staff room, to the boardroom, to the voting booth. The third unique characteristic of public school education is that it is intended to be a model of a civil democratic community. We're trying in the school to mirror the community that kids will live in as adults. It's a deliberate attempt to model a civil democratic community. And for that reason, too, it is unique when compared with any other system of education. If every person, child included, is intrinsically unique and equal in the sight of God or nature, then our community must be democratic and a vital part of its public work and its common space has to be what we call public school education. Public schools provide the first experience for most children of a stable, enduring community that is not based on family ties. The public school is the means by which the community seeks to draw students into an understanding of, and then a commitment to, and then an engagement with, the idea of community. Public school is the means by which we make our children citizens of our community. It's the place where we experiment with ideas and practices that push the boundaries of community, push the boundaries of democracy and of critical and appreciative inquiry and knowing and knowledge. Public schools and the challenges of democracy also teach us something about the idea of inclusion. In a democracy Inclusion is not only a right, I have a right to be included, it is also a responsibility. I have a responsibility to include in my community the recent refugee from Kosovo, the recent refugee from Southeast Asia. Inclusion must be treated as both a right and a responsibility. The fourth unique characteristic of public school education is that it models self-government more than representative government. It's not one or the other, but it tends to model self-government. On the table, uh, there has been distributed a two-column sheet. Local politics, which is not party politics, is profoundly different from provincial or federal politics, which is party politics. And I'm not going to belabor the point, but I would certainly invite you to look at that and just accept for the moment my argument that in many ways local politics is more sophisticated and more fruitful than provincial politics or federal politics. And if we are thinking about the evolution of our political system, I would certainly urge you to consider that it might be more fruitful to have the evolution move in the direction of the way municipal governments and school boards practice politics rather than vice versa, rather than to have municipal politics and school board politics move in the direction of the provincial government and the federal practice of politics. And I'll come back in a moment to why I think that is. Local communities have greater capacity for self-government than do geographically larger communities. I think that local politics is more complex, richer, and more sophisticated than provincial or federal politics, and I've spent a long time in either vineyard. Local communities are webs of relationships. You see that in this room, and you note that there aren't MLAs or MPs in the room right now because they spend too much time away from their community in the capital. They spend too much time in caucus, too much time in a house of assembly, and not enough time in the community that elected them. I was driving out of Claire's home a couple of months ago and saw a billboard that said, Less Ottawa, more Edmonton. With respect, I would suggest to the creator, uh, that is, the author of the billboard, not God, that the sign might have said, less capital, whether Ottawa or Edmonton, and more community, whether Clare's home or Lethbridge. Local politics, I believe, is in some respects more important than provincial or federal politics. I say that because I believe profoundly that the health of the entire political system depends upon the health of the local community and politics in the local community, both municipal politics and school politics. In other words, the evolution of democracy is a desirable prospect, and we should think about it evolving in either way rather than constantly in one way. It's essential that the evolution of democracy promote a respectful partnership between the provincial community and local communities because local communities are the source of vitality for the provincial community. Now, why on earth would I have said any of that in a conversation about public school education? The answer, I think, is that both the provincial government and the local community are politically involved with public school education, and they should be. There's constant tension between them. At the present time, that tension seems constantly to move in the direction of the provincial government. In order to be an effective participant in local government, whether as a citizen or an office holder, it's always helpful to have an idea about why things are as they are and how they work. The reason that I think we need to be concerned about the government of public school education is twofold. One reason is generic, and one reason is really at the heart of public school education. The generic reason is this. In times of turmoil, and I think there's little argument that these are times of turmoil, the best way to assure substantial continuity and success is to encourage what scientists call differentiation, which is diversity and redundancy. If you want to increase the likelihood that the shuttle will return to Earth, you don't put a bigger computer on it and centralize the computing on the shuttle, you put a second computer on that is called a redundant computer. And if you want to increase the likelihood even more you put another backup computer on. In times of turmoil, the best way to ensure success is to allow different people in different communities to make different responses to different sets of circumstances. That is sometimes called decentralization. In this vein, even if you're unhappy with the decision that is made by your school board, you should be constant in your support for the decision-making role of locally elected school boards. Innovation really comes from the margins far more often than it comes from the center. That's the lesson we learned from Isaac Asimov's Foundation Trilogy, or from the reality that Medicare was invented in Saskatchewan, it wasn't invented in Queen's Park, and it wasn't invented on Parliament Hill. The first public kindergarten in Alberta was in Lethbridge, probably because you were far enough away from the capital that nobody was paying attention to what you were doing. Now, the particular reason why we should be concerned about the relationship of the local community to the provincial community is this. I started by saying that all education is about relationships. We want kids to have a wonderful relationship with math, We want them to have a wonderful relationship with teachers. We want them to have a wonderful relationship with time. It follows, then, that education has to be provided in a natural environment, not in a huge institutionalized environment. It has to be provided in a community, not in a system. The African adage is that it takes a whole village to raise a child. The adage does not say that it takes a whole department of education to raise a child. The natural community, Lethbridge, is the place of relationships. To have education dominated by the provincial government or the federal government would make instrumentality the most important consideration rather than the consideration of kids in the classroom, in the school. And what we want is to have a focus on kids in the classroom, in the school. I find it interesting that all of Europe has publicly funded and regulated education. France, Italy, Sweden. A question intrigues me. Why does the conversation in so many countries off-continent refer to state school education? provided by state schools. Why is it that when you go into a small village in France, the school in the village is a state school and not a public school? The answer, it seems to me, is that people in other countries, in their casual conversation, recognize and state a profound truth. They're not the owners of that school. It is owned by the state. State control of schools leads to prescriptive curriculum and prescribed pedagogical efforts. It leads to wrongly conceived accountability to wrong masters. The great risk we face today is that the essence and vital importance of community has been almost lost to us as we consider public school education. We've lost the ability to speak of it with compelling stories and imagery. Community is being marginalized, not only in the context of education, but in many other contexts as well. The state claims to be more or less, that nothing more or less than a larger community. But they say it's more legitimate because it's larger. I don't accept that. Public school education is the DNA of your community. You have to be concerned about it. The community has nothing else, literally, you have nothing else that you can rely on to instill the values, the relevant skills, and the knowledge that will continue the community and strengthen it if you don't make that commitment to public school education. Public schools take care of children, transform them into students, educate them for life, and thereby renew our community Public schools transform students, and they transform communities. And such a word is no exaggeration. Lethbridge has been transformed by a hundred years of public school education. When I consider the questions and challenges that face public school education, no matter how daunting, I am filled with hope because I see public school education at the center of the response public school education which is inclusive as a matter of conviction and by design, inclusive as a matter of respect and celebration, a deliberate model of a civil democratic community, and embedded in the local community through the agency of locally elected public school trustees. Thank you.